0: Good morning. Wow, we've, we're having a time already today. This is great. Uh, we're uh, going to continue in the in uh, just looking at the scriptures in just a moment. Uh, I just wanted to uh, in in light of the exhortation on giving, and I just appreciate that. Thank you so much, Mia. Uh, That uh, unexpectedly, two weeks ago, our boiler system in the office uh, gave up the ghost, and uh, we had to replace it. That was done this week, and the bill for that will be $40,000. And uh, that comes out of our emergency fund, which we're able to do because we, um, we, we budget here. Uh, The way we teach you to budget, we budget as a church. So we were able to pay that without having to put it on a credit card or something like that. But I'm asking that you would allow the Holy Spirit to hover over uh, your... Oh, my wallets. Christina's got it. Of course, that's prophetic. She always has it. Um, let the Holy Spirit hover over your finances, and uh, I would ask that we could catch this up by Easter, five weeks, that we could catch up that $40,000, pray about what God would have you do, we can put that back into the account, otherwise uh, we'll do that anyway, and we'll move at the speed of being able to partition those funds over, because we believe in this principle, and uh, it just means that there might be other areas that we can't reach out and go beyond in this season of time. Wow, what a time in worship, I just felt the presence of God so strongly, and um, this morning, uh, Linda, Oje, I, I just, your hands were stretched out in prayer as we were praying, and I felt like the Lord uh, just say that, like Esther of old, uh, as you come in so faithfully into his presence and into his, you know, into that, into that prayer room, the throne room that we see, uh, he, is, he really is saying to you and asking you in this hour, what do you want, and I just feel like there is some things on your prayer list um, that haven't been checked off yet. And this is a season to check them. Um, the hard things, the big things. You know, he said to Esther up to half the kingdom, which just simply meant she wasn't more important than the king. She was partnered 50-50. I just feel like the Holy Spirit's partnering with you 50-50 in this season. And just really bring those requests uh, to the Lord. The ones that maybe you were just a little bit like, yeah, I did. And you just haven't been, and it's not about, and you know this, it's not about the fervency of the prayer or the amount, it's simply the heart getting ready to receive, and I just feel, Norm and Linda, get ready to receive what God has, and uh, just feel that to give that to you today. We just love Norm and Linda elders here in the house, and been faithful all these years, and in terms of faithfulness, I just want to, you know, there are people behind the scenes every week and it would be wrong to, you know, kind of go through them because I would miss someone, but I'd like to pick out someone Um and he's back at the projection booth. Todd uh, Underwood, Um, you know... I was at home this morning, and you—you you always uh, social media pops up. Uh, you're at Harvest Christian Fellowship. I'll have to check it, but it was probably like seven or seven fifteen this morning. And uh, you faithfully serve behind the scenes week after week after week. And uh, I just felt like the Lord say to me this morning, as uh, that popped up, that you know it goes unnoticed by many, just because you you like to be behind the scenes, and you are but he has noticed. And the Bible says he's a, a rewarder of those. Um, and I just feel like the reward of the Lord, you're coming into a season of just, just knowing uh, and expect an upped version of favor. So favor 2.0 for you and Christiana and the family. And uh, similarly, there's some things that uh, I know you would love to see God do. And just lean into that favor. God wants to bless you. And uh, I just wanted to Kind of put a spotlight on you this morning. Todd, thank you. Christian, thank you for your faithfulness here at Harvest Christian Fellowship. Relationship Killers Part Three. I want to look at Envy, the green eyed monster, this morning. And uh, jealousy and envy are very closely related, although there are some differences. We're not, I'm going to just kind of throw them in together. Uh, today, and I got a chance to be at the Mary Poppins production, uh, on, uh, Friday evening, and uh, I was reminded, uh, that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down, oh, the medicine go down, and a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way. Grace and truth is wonderful, and we, we embrace both at Harvest, and last week it was quiet as we talked about the truth of gossip and how it can divide. I looked at Ephesians uh, 4.15, I think it's behind me. I uh, won't take time to read it this morning, but um, we talked about the common union that at our relational joints, where we open our lives, we become vulnerable, do life with others. We can't do that with everyone, but we're called to do it with someone and, and a group of people, and As we do that, at that place of joining, there uh, is a sharing of koinonia. What we have in common with Jesus and common with each other is the life of Christ. Not a little bit of it, all of it. An unprecedented amount of, uh, uh, it's just his life flowing. But there are things that hinder that flow. Now, if it's unhindered, then the body... Harvest Christian Fellowship, a community of faith, actually grows. We grow individually, spiritually, and we grow spiritually together, and we grow numerically and in strength. Jesus grew in stature and in favor with God and men. We're introduced to the story in Luke where we meet Jesus' baby. We meet Jesus' uh, Caladegan Knights, baby Jesus. Uh, we meet... Um, no, nobody got that one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, then we meet Jesus, a 12-year-old in the temple, and then we meet, uh, we meet him as, uh, a man, uh, and, uh, it's just an interesting study of words that are used to show the growth of Jesus, and then it concludes in Luke chapter two, I believe it is, that Jesus grew in stature, size, and favor with both God and with man. He knew and understood grace, favor with both people and with, uh, utilizing that from his father. Well, churches need to grow in stature, the body of Christ on the earth today, in stature, in favor with God and with man. That happens, according to Ephesians, when there's flow at the joints. It won't happen when things uh, reduce our relationship flow. And last week we saw that our gossip is a big a blocker. Today we're gonna look at envy. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. That you love us so much. Lord, I thank you just as we sense your presence here today in worship. It's not just a time where Um, we sensed you, Lord, but you're here amongst us. And Lord, just a reminder today that you're healing physical bodies right now in this room, right now, even before prayer happens. Jesus, as you walk amongst us, things are taking place. Evidence. I always say it this way. You leave big footprints. Thank you, Jesus, for leaving big footprints in our midst today of your walking with us. Um, Now, as we look to the word, Lord, help us, because this is challenging as well. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Truth and grace. Spoonful of sugar, and the medicine will go down. Hey, I really love kids. Um, that's not a secret, and uh, I love all ages of kids. I love being around them. I love being a grandpa and a papa, and um, it's just fun, and they're already growing and, and different ages. But I really love three to six-year-olds. That's my age, and one of the reasons I love three to six-year-olds is you get to see their little personalities already developed and already expressing themselves, and I I'm a, I just love human behavior and watching human behavior and psychology and just how people respond. And three to six are acting just like we do. Just in smaller versions. I'll go over sometimes to the daycare to see Christina and I'll watch in the playground. I'll just stop and observe or I'll go into a classroom and stop and observe. And this age group is really interesting. Um, I, there's a behavior I've watched over and over again and it's this, you know, little Johnny's playing with a, a, a little Hot Wheels card that the teacher's given him. And, uh, Johnny doesn't realize that this really is a cool card. It's a 1970 Chevelle. He's not aware of how cool the 1970 Chevelle is, but he's pushing it on the floor. Making some car noises, and Jimmy, Jimmy's got a little diecast plane, and, and Jimmy's little personality, you know, he's man, he, he's he's like Johnny's like, he's shifting the gears, but not like a, I mean, not with gusto, not like a 1970 Chevelle should be driven, but he's driven it cautiously, but 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 Jimmy, he's flying his plane. I mean, Jimmy's into it. And Jimmy's parents have probably been watching Masters of the Year. So he's got a little, Jimmy's really into it. And Johnny, Johnny's watching Jimmy. This is where I get intrigued. He's watching. He's watching as, 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 and his car sounds get less and less and he's He's watching Jimmy, but Johnny, Johnny, Johnny's getting less and less interested with his car until he just kind of puts it aside. And he moves over to Johnny and he grabs that plane from Johnny. That's mine. It's my turn to play with it. And then a dispute, of course, breaks out. Envy. I want what you've got. I want what you've got. Well, I remember when I was about eight, I was visiting uh, my cousin. They lived at the time at the West Island of Montreal and Dollar Days of mo We'd already relocated to London. And so it was awesome when we got to share time together. Um, so we had recently moved and I was there for a week in the summer. And uh, the equivalent of the dollar store was uh, an apothecary, I think they called it, or a pharmacy kind of setting, but they had a a five and dime section, and we got the balsam wood uh, propeller with the elastic, and man, those were, like, that, that was, I just remember that being the greatest toy ever, and you'd get, like, one or two good flights out of them, and they would fly, and then hit something, and the wing would break, and, and you would stand, I mean, you were excited about it, and then you would stand over it, and... Dun, dun, dun. I mean it's broken And mine did that I had flown mine a couple times Well my, my cousin who's a little more cautious in personality Hadn't, uh, actually hadn't even put his together yet and, and so now he put his together And I'm looking at it, admiring it Realizing that mine is broken and I can't fly it And I grab his Now we're about, I don't know, uh, 7, 8 at the time I grab his And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how to do that I'm going to fly it and, and we, and he's, no, you're not. That's mine. Yours is broken. No, I want. And so now we're tugging on it. And we actually got into it, not only dispute, we got, we got kind of like in the fisticuffs and making enough noise. I remember the plane drops to the floor and I decided it would be a great idea. <laughs> ha! Now yours is broken too. His mom comes in, my, my aunt Shirley comes in, and um, she says, she looks, and she, she realizes right away, because she'd kind of come in, and she said, why did you break Kevin's plane? Oh, because I've been studying human nature for some time now as a seven or eight-year-old, and I realized that I can't have what he has, and so I, I, I tried to take it, and then I decided I would just cut off his plane and break it into a million bits, because envy's alive and well in my heart, and so if he can't, if I can't have it, he can't have it either. Of course, an eight-year-old doesn't know that. And why do we, as parents, ask our children, why did you do that? It's such a ridiculous question. Why do we ask that question? They don't know. Well, it's an opportunity for us, of course, to teach them, but envy. Andrew and Nathaniel, my two sons, one and two, we refer to them numerically when I do, one, two, three, four, and five, are 23 months apart. And so they experience growing up really at the same time. I mean, they weren't twins that, that close, but as 23 months apart, as they got a little bit older, it... it uh it was it was just fun. And uh, when they got a little bit older, teen years, Christmas was an interesting time to watch human behavior because as they would open their gifts and excited about what they had opened, they were also very closely monitoring what their brother was opening. And there was a intrinsic calculator going on in their minds, adding up the values of those gifts. Did one get more than the other? Envy. As a gift giver watching that, and you could usually tell if one of their attitudes was off later in the day. It wouldn't happen under the tree. But later in the day, one of them would have a stinky attitude. And as the giver of the gifts, mom and dad would watch this, and we would be affected. We would be affected by envy because we felt that they were ungrateful for what we had given them, that the gift wasn't enough. As the parent, the gift wasn't enough And it wasn't perhaps so much that it wasn't enough, but they wanted what the other one had, or at least the value of that. It's called envy. and We still deal with this as adults, every single one of us in this room. And I don't need to map out for you today all of the ways it happens in your life and in mine. I think you kind of get the idea. We live in a competitive world that getting ahead is really important. In fact, you have to get ahead of the next guy. And whether you call it the rat race or you call it the corporate ladder, for a job, a position, money, relationships, whatever it might be, life like that ladder you've got to climb, which means you have to climb over somebody else or beat the rat beside you to the whatever it is you're running for. And yet the scripture says this. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. That's what the world would offer. A craving for everything we see And pride in our achievements and in our possessions. That pride would be equated and would give us value. We feel proud. We feel because we have achievements and possessions, we're more than. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. So as a Christ follower today, we need to identify that this is alive and well in the world, but it can't be alive and well in us. It can't be Uh, in a Christ follower, in the same way we said, gossip is bad, you see envy is bad. And you may not fully understand why envy is bad, even though I've illustrated it, and I'm gonna pull that out in a moment. We need to deal with that part of the world that when we die to Christ, needs to die in us as well. Say crucifixion. That's a hard word, isn't it? Say it again. Crucifixion. A dying to ourselves, a living to Christ, not a focus on the dying, but a focus on the living. It was for the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross. Now we don't fixate on, you know, asceticism and, and, and hurting ourselves and living a boring life to deal with the flesh, but we've got to deal with our flesh. We've got to deal with that part of us that raises its head. And Paul said, I die daily I kill these portions of my life. I identify them daily. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh, the things of the world, with its passions, what we see, what we want, and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we live by the Spirit. Say, Spirit. We live by the Holy Spirit. Mia talked about hovering. Let us keep in step with the Spirit because the Spirit's moving us forward. Let us not become conceited Talking about pride provoking and envying each other. You share with a friend about your son or daughter who struggles at school. Now you don't you don't really share the struggle. You didn't feel in your conversation that that would be appropriate yet in your vulnerability. But the whole context is that maybe your son or daughter really struggles in math. And you've been praying for them and, 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 and trying to help them at the kitchen table and, and, and the frustration and the tears. And it wasn't that long ago that we were parents. And we understand how that can be difficult, especially if you work and you come home from work and you have to deal with the situation like that, And your son or daughter uh, just has a breakthrough and, and, and gets a great mark on, on, a, on a math test. And you try to celebrate that with somebody. You're on the phone and uh, maybe, uh, you know, you, you're sharing that and, and you've experienced this where you share it and the other person, even before you're finished, one ups you. Oh, Susie, Susie's got, got five awards in the last month. Isn't that exciting? No, I just felt like you stole something from me. It feels like you just took something from it. I can't celebrate. It's just like, and the balloon deflated. How many have experienced that? That's actually now envy the other way, and you're feeling the results of it being projected onto you. And so Paul teaches us that, that envy doesn't belong in our church. It doesn't belong in our community of faith because of the damage that it does and how it cuts, cuts off koinea. And so he was talking about this so-called wisdom of the world. This is how the world does it. He said, um, but if you harbor, oh, did I miss? No. Yes. But if you harbor bitter envy, so if envy doesn't get dealt with and crucified, it becomes a bitterness in you, and others can smell and taste your bitterness. And you can try to hide it, but this is a spiritual thing because we are of the spirits. a spirit." So even though it's something of the flesh, we project in our spirits this awful thing. And so envy can get bitter and selfish ambition, which is in our hearts, which shouldn't be there. We're going to root it out. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not. I'm not. I'm not envious. I'm not. Oh yeah, we already all agree just about a couple of things because stomping on planes is still happening. It just looks a little different. <laughs> Such wisdom does not come from heaven because it's not wisdom at all, of course. But it's earthly. It's, it's, it's natural. In fact, not only is it natural, it's unspiritual. No, let's, let's take it another step. It is downright demonic. For where you have envy... And selfish ambition, where it's allowed to stay hidden, which is why the Holy Spirit wants to bring it into the open. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. Why? Because you've cut koinia off and you're releasing something else. All right, let's just define envy today as feeling the displeasure produced by witnessing or hearing the advantage of prosperity of others somebody else is getting blessed and you're not. Somebody else's small group is growing like crazy and yours isn't. In fact, maybe nobody signed up for yours. Hey, you want to be on a certain ministry team at the church and no one seems to be noticing you. We could look at all of the aspects of how uh, envy plays out in our day-to-day lives, keeping up with the Joneses and different things we could go. But today I want to focus on, really focus and take these few moments we have left, how it stops koinia, how it stops fellowship, which we've defined as what we have in common. The life of Jesus flowing from me into you, from you into me and into this region how that stops and a community of faith starts to shrink instead of grow because envy is operating and we we just don't want to deal with it. So we're going to focus on it there. I have it. I have envy. And I hate that I had to do the study of this because I haven't fully repented of all of it yet. I'm dealing, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me. And, as I look on social media at churches either in the region or churches that I'm connected with, and I have this sense of on social media uh, what they're portraying and I'm looking at it and it bugs me. It just starts bugging me as I'm like, yeah, yeah, why you know why why do they think they're all that? They just feel like they're all that. Honey, don't you like don't you think that's braggy? And I'll even pull her on my bitter envy. will start. Don't you think this is braggy? And she's looking at. Oh wow, yeah, it could be braggy. I don't know. I don't maybe. I don't think it's braggy, but no, it's braggy. It's their best bragging to the world how great their church is, and they're just bragging how many people came to their prayer meeting, about twice as many as come to Harvest. and and this stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah. Couple people, no more than a couple, left Harvest and went to another church in our city. Huh? What's so great about that church anyway? Don't they know Harvest is the best church in the whole world, let alone in the city? Yeah, yeah, too. But here's what it does. It's not just Yeah. 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 It has a dynamic to it. If If we're aware of it, we can see how evil and hideous this is. What happens is you neglect what God has given you. Because God gives us a gift. Every one of us harvests a church individually. Me and my cousin, the, the kids in the room, we've been given something that wasn't ours. It comes from heaven. It's because of the grace of God. I could look at all the scriptures today that talk about why do you boast as if you have something that you produced or you have, it was given to you from God. All that we have has been given to us by God. And so when I start noticing someone playing with their airplane and mine doesn't look, my stuff doesn't look so cool anymore. What I'm telling Father is, I'm not grateful for what you have given me. Number one, you neglect what God has given you, so you're not developing your gift, you're not developing who you're to be in the body of Christ, you're not in your lane, you've stopped in your lane, you're trying to get over the median to get into somebody else's lane, which I'm gonna tell you right now is absolutely impossible and I've met people that have spent their life hung up on the barbed wire of the median and have lost out on both sides I've never accomplished anything. Just leave that one there and try to take away from what God has given another. And so when I don't honor or acknowledge what others are doing, I'm not receiving from them. I've shut that flow off into my life and bitter envy into the people that I am associating with. I'll just pause. I just want to be real. We've been praying for churches for about two months. I'm going online here to tell the world of my sin. Um, Right? We've been praying for churches. Okay, there's a reason for that. Because a couple months ago when we started that, I told the staff, I want to pray for every church because I have a rotten attitude about some churches in town. And my bitter envy has been leaking out and I've heard other people in Harvest talk negatively and it's not their fault, it's my fault. Because as the shepherd of this house, I've had a stinky, rotten attitude and that is sin. And confessed it before the Lord. I, I didn't think I was gonna confess it to you, but I did. And we're gonna keep praying for other churches, but that helped keep my heart clean and pure. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that and we'll applaud that it's the right thing to do, but it's really hard. It's harder to see the ugliness and harder when I overheard people talking and saying the things I was saying that was shutting off the flow of that other church because I was disqualifying them. I was just finding reasons to... Oh, I think they're so cool. They don't know anything about blank. Enough about me. All right. You neglect what God has given you. And you try to take away from what, what God has given another. So let's just see how this plays out. A uh, story of Abraham. He has a, a nephew named Lot. And, um, and so he takes them. They're going to go to the promised land. God's promised to bless Abraham. And so the house of Abraham is going to be blessed. You can think in terms of a faith community. Let's just call it the house of harvest. And it's going to be blessed. So Abraham left Egypt. And he traveled north into the Negev. And along with his wife and Lot. And all they owned, Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. You know what? Harvest is really rich in the grace of God. God has bestowed on us some great anointing, some great leaders, some just just awesome things, Um, and 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 we're we're blessed by that, aren't we? Are we blessed by that? Thankful. This is a good time to thank the Lord for all the blessing and the richness that God has put on on the house of, of Harvest. But Lot, who was traveling with Abram. So uh, Lot says, I'm coming to be a part of this household. I'm coming under and coming in and I want to be a part of what God's doing in the house of Abram. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, also became very wealthy with flocks and sheep and goats and herds and cattle and many talents. And the principle is, when you come into a house, you enjoy the blessings of that house because you've attached yourself because in the koinia and in the flow, the blessings bestowed on the house are blessings for you. And so if the house is being increased, I expect you to be increased. As you give, God's giving and increasing you. As we give, God's increasing us. And it's a principle we come in, and I fully expect that as you get rooted in the house, you will experience that. But the land, it goes on, but the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. This principle is a great principle because as we grow in influence, as leaders are raised up, They're not to split off, and there's no issues in our leadership team. I'm not suggesting or pointing to anything like that, but to the principle that the answer to that is not separation. The answer to that is take more territory. I'm going to let that, you got to get this one. Together as we're growing, koinonia is flowing, life of God is flowing. What we fully expect is the blessing will increase to the point that we can't contain it in just cornwall. And so missions and, and different things, but also regionally, we start looking at campuses. We start seeing churches planted in other areas. Why? Because the the uh uh the, the the influence that God has given harvest grows because it's growing here. Do you see the principle? That would be the answer. But that didn't happen with Abraham and Lot, because some envy came in. The land could not support them. So disputes, strife, and we just read how envy creates disputes and strife broke out between the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. A couple small groups that disagreed on something start, nah, nah, nah. or one 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 ministry, uh, um, the kids' ministry uh, starts complaining about the worship ministry, or however it plays out, disputes and strife. And then in parentheses in this scripture, and it's there. Like it doesn't fit, but it so fits. Oh, at the same, by the way, the Canaanites, parasites, were also uh, living in the land. Oh, well, while the blessings happen in, in, in the house, and the house is supposed to be taking the land in the region. Oh yeah, there were still some parasites and Canaanites. are still enemies out there. How many know there's lots of enemies in this region that are trying to hold back the house of God? How many know that we have the power in Christ to push back the gates of hell? It's not that hard, but when we are killing ourselves with envy and shutting the tap of Koinonia off, we're our own worst enemies. And what the story is saying is, would you guys get it together? Let's expand. Let's let's figure this out. Stop letting envy shut the tap off. You guys could have taken the whole region. Why? Because there's freaking Paras, parasites and Canaanites and every other ites that are out there that the church needs to deal with. But you can't do that until you deal with Envy. So we lose sight of the land, we lose sight of the enemy, and we are just staring at ourselves. Finally, Abraham said to Lot, Let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. He comes up with a solution, and it is it, 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 really his heart was that there would be an expansion, but Lot doesn't do that because remember, there's a lot of envy, and Lot wishes he could have what Abraham had. And so he says, why don't you go out and survey? And it says, the middle of this passage, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well-watered everywhere. It was like the garden of the Lord and beautiful, uh, like the beautiful land of Egypt. And so remember, he's using worldly principles. What, what, I'm gonna get ahead. That's the land I need to get ahead. The other, it looks like desert, Abraham can have that. I'm going for this. And then, parenthesis. Oh, yeah. By the way, it was real beautiful, but that was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, if Lot had been looking prophetically and spiritually, and he was not being led by the flesh, but he'd been being led by the Spirit, God could have said, "Sodom and Gomorrah, down the road, it's not going to be such a great place. (laughs) You really don't want to be there. You really want to be in this place. And you and Abraham should get get this figured out so that together." In the strength of the house, you can do this. But Lot chose for himself. You see it? Say it with me. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley east of them. And off they went. And it didn't turn out really well. And here's why he chose for himself the lie that envy tells, the lie of envy. I must limit or deny what you have to protect what is mine. I will diminish, disqualify what you have to protect what is mine. Instead, God is blessing all of us. There's more than enough blessing to go around. There's more than enough enemies to fight. And we need to be doing this together. But we can't, we can't, uh, unless we understand these gifts that come from God. Here it is. It's it's simple, but here it is. We all don't get the same. It's not fair. (laughs) We all don't get the same. Same value, same value eternally and in the Spirit. But as we look at it, and Jesus tells a parable, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated. How this all works can be illustrated. Here's our illustration this morning from Jesus by the story of a man going a long trip, which refers to his leaving the earth and uh, leaving the body of Christ to the supervision of the hovering Holy Spirit. He called together his servants and entrusted, gave to them his money, his resources, his blessing. What was his Was given to them. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. We could say it to this way as well. He divided it according to our frame, what we could hold up. I'm so glad Jesus knows my frame. I'm so glad that Jesus knows what I'm capable of doing. He's not asking me to do more than I'm capable of, but he does want me to do what I'm capable of. To each one, Ephesians said, a grace has been given as Christ gave it out. We've all received gifts here in the body that we are to distribute constantly, to strengthen the house. One, two, and five, whether we like it or not. But the teaching helps us understand most of us are probably twos. And we can spend our time being bugged by the fives and trying to pull them down and make them twos, or we can be twos and be celebrating of the fives and know that when you got a five on the team, and they can make that three-point shot, we're going to win the game. In fact, you might be a one today, and if we as a church are dog-eat-dog-and-rat-race trying to be, and they were, and I don't have time this morning to show you that Paul said there are actually churches like that. And he said, the gospel is still being preached, but man, it's so limited. It could be so much more powerful if it wasn't, wasn't people doing a rat race kind of approach. And if the twos weren't envying the fives and the fives weren't sensing the feeling of being shut off, the ones wouldn't be burying, which is the story. He buries it in the ground. The ones would be going, why, why would I even bother trying to get started here in this church and, and distributing my gifts? Because, man, I'll never be good enough for this race. Instead of the twos pulling the ones up and the, and the, and the fives encouraging. See, there, there actually is a way to do community with one people, two people, and five people. If we understand that our, there isn't, it doesn't give us a position of importance or a position in, fr- in front of God, but he's built it this way. Why? He wants to root out the envy because we've come from the world. And he says, it's so ingrained in there and we want, and so he did it on purpose. But one, twos, and fives can live together. Watch this in Galatians chapter two. James, Peter, and John were already these, uh, uh, in leadership, esteemed pillars. They're in leadership in the church. Barnabas and Paul come along and he says, they gave us the right hand of fellowship. Welcome in, boys. No, that's not what it means. That word is koinonia. They gave us koinonia. They opened the door for our ministry. They connected to us. We connected to them. Man, was it powerful. Peter, James, and John, the, uh, the, the leaders of that house, we came under that house, Paul and Barnabas. They gave us Koinea and connected to us. Uh, and then it says, why? They recognized the grace that was given me. And that we trust God, that there's a mechanism at harvest that recognizes the grace that was given. I recognize yours, you recognize mine, we recognize each other's. And in the recognition of the grace, koinonia begins to flow. And then it says they agreed that we should go to the Gentiles. They doubled their territory in the kingdom of God in that first century church. Doubled their territory. Wouldn't it be amazing to double our territory? Because we can can recognize one twos and fives and not get into the envy game? Let's say koinia, let it flow. How do we deal with envy? How do we make that happen? Number one, admit it's in your heart when it manifests. You're bugged. You're just bugged. <laughs> envy right Don't let it get bitter. For you are still carnal, Paul taught the envious people in Corinthians. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not colonel and behaving like just regular people who don't have Jesus? We admit, I am in need of grace. I need to root out what's hiding in my heart. That's why I'm bugged. That's the Holy Spirit hovering. Envy is working. Number two, by the way you do it, the way I mentioned, you repent, call it what it is. It's sin. Say, God, I'm so sorry that I've had this bitter attitude. And I recognize that you are blessing that church. You are blessing the fives. I don't like it because I'm a two. I just admit that. But today, Lord, I thank you that I'm not more, they're not more important. I'm not less important. I'm attending to what you've given me. They are attending to what you've given them. I bless them today, Lord, what you have given them. Lord, increase them. Lord, increase them. Oh, and then God begins to increase us. It flows. Number two, focus on what God has given you and develop it. Develop what God has given you. Be be in your lane. And so David says, Oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance. It all comes from God. And my cup, you maintain my lot. That means property lines. That means the lane that God has given to you. The grace that God has apportioned to you, you become thankful for it. You begin to focus on it. You know what it is. You, are, you know where those lines are. You are the portion of my inheritance. You maintain my lot, which means nobody can take away from you what God has given you. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. I like, I like my Hot Wheel Chevelle. Johnny, you keep having fun with that plane, but man, this thing's cool. God gave me this one. I'm going to learn everything I can about the 1970 Chevelle. Most popular muscle car. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Admit it. Focus on what he's given you. Stop comparing yourself to others. Too many scriptures to even cover that today. We know it as a principle here. Stop social media scrolling and being bugged by that. You're being bugged by that because they're presenting their best life, and you're going, Wish I was on vacation in Mexico right now, or whatever. Paul said, Don't compare because neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters. In other words, whether you're standing at the door welcoming people, praying for people in the ministry team that's going to be coming in a moment, we're all doing something in the house. Koinia is flowing. Now he who plants and he who waters, they're one. Say one. The one body of Christ, powerfully infused with koinia flowing everywhere. No taps. We're fighting the same we're fighting on the same team. We're fighting the enemy, not each other. Paul said, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. By the way, that's the easy part. I'm not suffering today. You are suffering with something. Oh, you're not doing so good? Oh, that's fine. I'm doing great. That one's easy. This one. If one part is honored, Every part rejoices with it. I love that when I honored Todd earlier on that you guys yeah Todd and Christian they're awesome because he's here that's that's that, that we have this we're I'm not preaching this because we don't have this. I'm preaching this because we, we just need to continue we got we got to get bigger in all of this. And you, you did it right, and we honor. And and so sincerely celebrate the success of others. That's the only way you can root out. And when you're going, you, you it starts insincerely. Oh, wow, great for them. That's awesome that they got that. That's awesome their small group is growing. We have to close ours. Not enough people signed up. No, it is awesome. Man, you know what? Hey, maybe we should attend their group. What? Are you out of your mind? No, let's go attend their group and get in behind them. Man, there's grace there. There's some grace going on there. Like Lot. Let's just go get under that and help advance and grow and expand. See? And that spirit causes growth. Sincerely celebrate the success and honor others. And lastly, pursue love. And that's what this is about. And it has to be pursued. And it is a journey. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. There's the package. I talked about envy. Anybody find that helpful today? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Anybody stomped on somebody else's plane? No, for real, have you ever done it? We all have done it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Holy Spirit, I love you so much. And I love that you're dealing with me right now. And I just confess, and on behalf of this congregation, Lord, just confess that it's so small to do it. It's such small thinking. When we literally, when we have envy in our heart, we're shutting down the flow It's small, it's petty, it's not Christ-like, it's ugly, it's, it, it's bitter. It causes so much damage. Lord, I just confess to you that I've entered into this. And Lord, I realize that it's affected this house. So today, together, we're just looking at our hearts, and when it appears, we're just going to confess it to you as sin and say, Lord, this is not Christ-like. This is not behavior that lines up with your life and mine. Lord, today, I want to release this house to be all that it can be. Lord, let there be a new level of of flow. Lord, even as our ministry tech team comes in a moment, the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing in unprecedented measure. Thank you, Lord, for the ones... Today, Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged. Yes, this is a race. This is excuse me. This is not a race. It's not a rat race. It's not a competition. That all the ones would feel so safe to begin using their gifts in the house of God. The twos will encourage them as will the fives. The twos will not look at the fives and go, "Why do you get to do that? How come you got that much and I didn't?" And so, Lord, we also repent of being ungrateful for what you've given us. And today, Lord, all across this room, I pray and online that we would begin to re-examine, whether it came by prophetic word, whether it came by uh, uh, just Bible reading, whether it came by a small group leader, but Lord, those those enlightenments of the giftings you've called us to, what we're to be, our lane in this house, we just say we're going to run in it like we've never run in it before. And two talents is invested and becomes four. And four the five talent becomes 10. And so on and so on and so on. Let this house grow. Because we've decided to root envy out of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Just before we go today, I never close a service without giving someone an opportunity to make today the day of salvation. To make the day that you invite Jesus into your life to forgive you of your sin. To start eternal life today, today with him. He loves you so much that he died on a cross to pay for your sin. Otherwise, we are eternally separated from God. If we die separated, the Bible says, hell is a very real place, an eternal place of separation today. God so loved the world that Jesus died on the cross so that you and he could be reconciled. You and he could have a relationship. If that's you today, I'm just going to count three, two, and one with every head still bowed and eye closed. You say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus today. Three, two, one. Raise your hand. Just let me see it. Online, you can text. I'm making a decision today. Is there anyone in the room today? I just want to wait a moment. I don't see any hands. Would you stand with me today? Let's sing this just before we go, and then we're going to be we'll pray and just be dismissed. I'm done. Dama Dumb- Me. Your goodness is running after it's running after me Your goodness is running after it's running after me Your goodness is running after it's running after me With my life laid down I surrender now i give you just thank you this morning God for another word another timely word God that you will always keep our hearts in check father I just thank you this morning for this service God I thank you that you always show up in such a mighty way God I pray a blessing over every single person here this morning as they leave God just take us on our way keep us safe and father bring us back next week in your name we pray amen blessed harvest. Remember our prayer team is down here. Come and get prayer this morning. Have a great week.